Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we talk about horror in media. And today we're discussing The Descent and Dog Soldiers. How's it going, John? I'm fucking fantastic. How are you doing, Eddie? I'm sweating balls right now. <laughs> it is very hot yeah. in this apartment. So the unfortunate thing is that my studio is my living room. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hot in here. <laughs> I'm the beer is not helping. <laughs> I'm also can't wait to be finally moved out oh, yeah. and, or moved in. Well, what's the process? Are you like halfway through? Or are you like just got to do furniture? Oh, so the big stuff is is what's left. Yeah, pretty much. Where are you guys uh, moving? Uh, we're still mo- we're gonna be in the Carlsbad area. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be off of Bressy Ranch, like sort of like in between Vista, Bressy Ranch, and San Marcos. Ah, okay. So going a little bit inland. Just yes. A little bit. Okay. All right. I hate moving. Like moving every, sucks. You really find out who your friends are when you're moving. <laughs> Mitch looks away like, what the fuck? No, you helped me move plenty of times. You helped me move like twice, I think. You've helped me move. Uh, I did? You have, yes. You showed up with a car and we put stuff in it. Dang. When I lived on Hill. I don't remember, remember when that I lived, when I lived in Vista over by the, uh, the Family Fun Center, which is Boomers. Yeah. Oh, that was a while back. Yeah. Allie also brought her truck and helped me. That was that a thing. while ago because I think I had like your board games for a long time. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if You're, that yeah, happened. Yeah, I had your board games for, like, months, and then you, you finally got them back because I was just storing them in my room. Yep, yep. So, but that Thank was you. when I was living with my parents, so it's chill. <laughs> <laughs> the joys of living with your folks. Right. Well, now my dad's been clearing out his garage, and he's like, we're getting rid of all this shit. Like, I don't want any of it. But he turned it into, like, a gym, so good for him. It's, like, got a boxing, uh, a punching bag, like, a weight rack. Oh yeah, treadmill. Like all he's that ready stuff. to put in work right now. Right, he's about to retire, so he's probably thinking like he needs his own home. I need stuff to workout do. things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got like a year and a half left. Oh wow. Yeah, oh, he's so him. close to retiring. He's gonna retire at thirty years. It's nuts. Damn, dude. What does your dad do? He's a marine. Oh, that dad. Yeah, he's been in since like I was born, like a year before I was born. So he's been in a crazy amount of time. Did he always like move up in rank or? Yeah, he's at the he's maxed out the enlisted ranking. Okay. So, like, he can't go anywhere else unless he went to college and then went into the officer rankings, but he's not going to do that at 50. <laughs> so, which is the first movie you'd like to talk about, John? Uh, we should go into Dog Soldiers and then and then go into The Descent. Fuck yeah, I love Dog Soldiers. Yeah, because Dog Soldiers is a lot of fun, but I have a lot of analysis for The Descent. I went in. Oh, yeah. No, we can, get, we can get heavy with The Descent for sure, but Dog Soldiers is fun. It's a fun movie, and um, I'm curious how you, uh, how did you watch it? How did you, both of you guys watch it? YouTube. YouTube? Oh, shit. <laughs> I said there there was, like, two, like, streams of of it on YouTube. Oh, shit. Oh, you, you did tell me that, and I did not watch it on YouTube. That's fine. <laughs> I'm, I also want to get the Shout Factory version of it when I can. Mm. Yeah. Is that, like, a special edition kind of thing? Yeah, there's this company called Shout Factory, and they release some, like, like they have a called Scream Factory. Yeah. Which they do all like horror and sci-fi, like re-releases of m- old movies, pretty much. Okay, is this kind of like the what is it, the Criterion Collection, where they like yeah, put it all into like a grouping? Kinda. I know the Criterion one is more of like what the what the film critics liked, and not so yeah much the like, art house. Yeah, films. not so much what people enjoyed all that much. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Ones that weren't like popular, but they're still like, but they've got like maybe a cultish following kind of deal with they them. They either are cultish or they have um, 
like very big significance as far as film is concerned. So like uh like Citizen Kane is on there. Well, this was like, a, so this, important. I mean, well, this movie was um the director's like first one, wasn't it? It was his first Neil movie. Marshall's, yeah. Yeah, it was Neil Marshall's first, and he also directed The Descent too. He did, I believe. Yeah, he directed both of these movies. So and Doomsday and Centurion and the couple of episodes of Westworld, Game of Thrones, Constantine. Holy shit! Wait, how the fuck so, did I miss that he directed both of them? He directed. Yeah, he directed both he of both these movies. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're both Neil Marshall movies. Yeah. Yeah, and the recent Hellboy movie that came out in April. Fuck man. Oh shit! This guy, this guy's active as all hell. Damn. Well, now that okay, that makes sense then. Yeah. As far as like they're very similar. Yeah. No, they definitely have a lot of similarities in them. He did. A, he does a great job in both movies actually of building up who the people are. Hell yeah. Of building up of character growth, like of character explanation and growth before the movie actually happens. So you actually give a shit about the people. Right. And it's kind of it's kind of awesome. I really like that a lot. They really establishes you know people in both of these movies. Uh, I would say uh, I watched them on uh, on my computer. I watched uh, uh, yeah dog dog soldiers on my computer. Um, yep, basically just through a through a stream for sure. Then I have a physical DVD copy of The Descent. Oh shit! Yeah, I have it somewhere around here, but I I had gotten the one that gave me like a digital copy, so they would have watched Descent that way. But it's like, I didn't know that he directed both of them, but I appreciate that he is like the sole director and writer. Like, yeah. this is a film by yeah, this it's director. Neil Marshall. Yeah. yeah. So, like, no one else was assisting him with this. So, like, he really constructed everything when it came yeah. to these two films. And you can really see it, too. You can really, really right. see it in both of them. Um, so, let's maybe go into what was, what was Dog Soldiers about. Okay, so... Like the British Army soldiers, like platoon, they go on like a what they think is a general like training exercise routine, and then it, it turns out they run into uh, Cooper's like former teacher, who he was going to get into. Oh, the former teacher, the former teacher. Funny thing is, it's the guy that plays Davos Seaworth yes. in Game of Thrones, yep. and that's the most hilarious thing to me because you know you wouldn't know who he funny. was until like you watch Game yeah. of Thrones and go back yeah. and like, oh fuck, it's that guy. <laughs> he has like almost the same accent too, so I'm yep. just like Davos Seaworth is dealing with vampire <laughs> fucking werewolves now. <laughs> he just jumps different fantasies and is now yeah. boxing with werewolves. <laughs> yeah, no, well, he went from werewolves to the Onion Knight, so it's like. <laughs> I so, forgot that's what he was. Yeah, it's great. legit the Onion Knight. It was awesome. One of my favorite things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then they're being chased by werewolves, and they run into a woman who gets them to hide into this like farmhouse, and they have to survive the night full of werewolves, pretty much. And then they find out that the werewolves were these farmers that live in that house, pretty much. And then they found out that the woman that was helping them was also part of the werewolf pack so it was also kind of like aliens how the special forces guy wanted to use the werewolves as like a tool or a weapon yep yeah much. very very much like alien in that in that regards as well even like how the soldiers act with each other is reminds me of alien a lot yeah because they're kind of they're kind of silly and kind of like fucking with each other and stuff and that was a lot of what you saw in aliens also with how the soldiers interacted with each other. And that's another movie that does a good job of building everyone up before they go in. Uh, he really put a lot of work in uh, the guy who directed um, Neil aliens. Marshall. No, the guy who directed aliens. Oh, aliens. Uh, aliens. James, uh, James Cameron. James Cameron. Yeah. James Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott did the first one. James Cameron did aliens. The yes. Second one. Thank you. So James Cameron, the one who did the second one, he like separated Sigourney Weaver 
from everyone else to make that on-screen awkwardness real. So, like, she had, like, no association with most of the people who were there Ooh, besides being in the scene together. So, like, the first time they're in a scene together was, like, the second time she met them. Oh, wow. And so that's why there's, like, such a separation from them. And so he did it on purpose to create that sort of narrative. So it would force them to yeah. act like we've never met each yeah, other. Yeah, they'd never yeah. seen each other. So they were yeah. like, oh, this is awkward. And, like, we already know that Ripley's character is, like, familiar with the with the alien. So that was cool see something like that but yeah. narratively yeah you get to see a lot of banter with the soldiers which seemed pretty realistic like this was definitely a moment watching it where i didn't feel like they were acting so much uh, as much as they were like they'd been together they were probably friends in real life yeah and then we're on the set for a while so they got really comfortable it wasn't like the soldiers and predator yeah fuck yeah with yeah with they're just kind of like they're just kind of there no, yeah. they're a hyper masculine. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, true. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and I mean, also, but I never yeah. got too attached to a lot of them either. They didn't really develop who they were as people That's really true. too much in Predator. They just kind of are there as fodder. <laughs> well, I mean, the main character was Arnold Schwarzenegger. So yeah, they were like, yeah, so exactly. Nobody gave a fuck about. Yeah, anybody exactly. Yeah, him. nobody cared about the rest of the guys. <laughs> it was and, Commander with an alien. Yeah, pretty much. pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, and all of the but they don't really do a good job of explaining <laughs> who these people are, anything about them. Whereas like in the other movie, you're like, oh, this is the sergeant dude. Oh, they're gonna <clears throat> like they have a medic guy with them, and he's gonna be tending to that. Like they didn't have anything like that in Predator, right? And I agree with Eddie. They were also all super like muscled out, like <laughs> yep. just like meatheads that are like <laughs> going into the jungle, basically. Did you guys ever watch the the newest Predator movie? Oh, okay. I have not second, seen the newest one. Second newest Predator movie. Oh okay. no, I have not. So not the one where they're in the city, but the one where they get dropped on like a random planet. No, what's it like? Oh, Predators. Yeah, I saw yeah. that one. Was, was actually, it good? Well. I had a hard time taking Adrian Brody seriously as a as an action hero. Uh, Adrian Brody is which actor? What is what is uh, the pianist yep. or the pianist? Why yeah. is he in a? He I was in the pianist. He was in Kong. He was also in. Um, I just I just maybe he's just like a not. Like, I don't know if it was his Wes nose or if it was like yeah, his, <laughs> his hook, <perfect laughs> nose. huge fucking schnoz. And I'm just the like no, yo, the nose is what you're just like this. I can't take him seriously. Well, the no, nose. he was he would do like the brooding, like serious like acting like trying to do like what keanu reeves does yeah uh but it wasn't working for him yeah i felt like everyone was trying to do the whole like batman style voice right he even did right, like a right deeper after voice. dark night just an entire cast of actors just going like i am batman i am batman uh, i am batman my favorite was uh the convict who's in that movie he's like some random convict who like is just there because he was murdering people and uh, he just goes into all sorts of weird jokes. Oh, Walter Goggins? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll recognize him like when you see him in the film. He always plays those type of characters. Just He's really nuts. good. <laughs> uh, but my favorite was that they had uh, Danny Trejo, the guy from Machete. Oh, fuck yeah. He plays like your typical Mexican cartel member. So he's in the new Predator movie. Uh, It's uh, Predators. Predators. And then the newest Which one is called The Predator. Ago. Yeah, it was a while back. Yeah. And There's then, like yeah. Predator, Predators, and then The Predator. Yes. Also, Predator Two. But there's actually <laughs> yeah. There you go. Also, Alien versus Predator. Also, Alien versus Predator <laughs> and Alien versus Predator Two. But there was like multiple Predator Predator Wequam in this last Predator movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're so anyway back to dog soldiers. Exactly. <laughs> you mentioned so you mentioned they had really good like banter and you got to know these characters. Yeah, a little bit. So you start caring about them. They were also mm -hmm. anticipating a English football game against Germany. Oh, gotcha. Which was actually a real game that happened. Right. So they're all British, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's so, so same in both movies. There's a good mix of European people. Like, oh, the, yeah. Like the Descent has like Scottish people, English, and oh, there was one more. I can't remember where she was from. 
Uh, Juno? You're talking about Juno? I think yeah, she's, Juno. I, she's, I don't know where she's from. Yeah, I'm not sure where she's like, from. But, like, she's Asian, and yep. I couldn't tell uh, if she was, like, British herself because she didn't really have an accent. So I think she was, like, Probably. the American friend. Yeah, sure. She's probably, well, I mean, The Descent is a British yes. movie, I'm pretty sure. So I think the whole cast is – she's probably just a – Asian British person, yeah, <laughs> more than like that's like the easiest way, you know, because like they, I think they, I just picked they're out, around there, right? You know, they're like right next door. You know, <laughs> I picked out the Scottish accent really easily, and yeah. I was like, oh dang, these two are from Scotland. Oh yeah, that's no, like... you can tell, you can totally <laughs> tell it's thick. Um, but but in um, I loved. There's a lot of stuff that I really liked about about um, Dog, Dog Soldiers. Soldier. Like I liked the buildup. I even liked, like, the werewolves aren't even, like, seen all the time in the very beginning, so they kind of build up the mystery with them a little bit. Right, like, what's hunting them, yeah. basically. And it's also, like, there's a lot of parallels between these two movies, which I think when we talk about The Descent, we'll talk about more. Right. Um, there's a lot of, because, like, sort of, like, they show the monster a little bit at first, and then slowly, like, increase the amount of time that you see it on screen, which right. is pretty common for a lot of movies. But... They follow the lead of things like, like, The Thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> where, exactly. Like, you yep. don't get to really figure out what it is until the end. Yeah, it's a lot of casual, like, them sitting around the campfire and hanging out, and all of a sudden a giant corpse drops in the middle of the, of the right. campfire and freaks out. Like, yeah. just drops. Yeah, yeah, and they're just like, um. I wonder how they set that up, like, on a rigging. We're just yeah, like, right? All right, you guys are going to be chilling here. I think they held it up by a crane. We're going to drop, <laughs> drop this body right in front of you. Hell yes. Oh, my God. Uh, that's so fucking good. great. But their, so good. their reactions seem pretty, like, I wonder if they told them, like, when it was going to happen. Right? They yeah, no, yeah, the reactions seemed pretty, like, yeah. I was even freaked out. I was like, Jesus, like, holy fuck. It's definitely, like, one of those jump scare moments. Oh, yeah, no, they definitely threw, and I like stuff like that. I like stuff, jump scares that aren't even really that scary. They're just, like, they're right. like it's not even the monster. Something simple. Yeah. It's something, they like, that's into, not like, related whatsoever. <laughs> um, and uh, the movie did not really scare me, though, very much. I was not scared throughout any of this movie, really. Uh, no, it was funny to me. Yeah, and it was like it's fun. Intentionally yeah. comedic. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was kind of comedic and sort of fun, and I liked I liked a lot of it. I liked the beginning. The beginning was really dark. Yes. Where you've got like you know I'm just seeing I'm just seeing a fucking doing it. Davo Seaworth is just like shoot this dog in the face. Right. <laughs> You're going to fucking shoot this cute little dog right now. Right now. <laughs> and, the, and the guy's like, I won't do it. Right. I won't fucking shoot something that hasn't done anything. <laughs> like, you know? I won't kill for no reason. I won't for kill for yeah, exactly. And so the guy's just like, damn it, it's just a dog, but it's not. Sir, yeah. Dang. Yeah. Davos well, was an asshole. Right. In this movie. <laughs> Which is weird because yeah. he's, he's like such a nice character. He's supposed to be a nice guy, yeah. yeah. You went from murdering dogs to helping little girls he to learning it, to read yeah. from little girls. I mean, he did it well. Like yeah. he's definitely the kind of actor who could like change between the two. Uh, it reminded me of like how we know Samuel Jackson as like good characters and also bad characters. Oh yeah, exactly. He's, he's good. Really he can play either or he can if he switch wants and he's to. he's doing just fine. He, you're not like, wow, this guy's way too soft. I can't He's not a good villain. I really like that it shows that he leaves that old squad mindset of I just murder right. things for no reason and then joins his own team. And then later on, it t tells this guy, like, I'd rather live with the underdog than have to serve your bullshit. Yep. And that made me like, I was like, yeah, yeah. Like character moment, <laughs> moment right there for you. They oh. sort of make you uh, start rooting for them. Like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you like, definitely you're getting them. into it. Like people are getting killed. You're trying to see who's going to survive. And then when they start fighting, like literally fighting these things, you start getting like super excited because you want them to survive this encounter. But like, you know that they're just soldiers and they might all die. But they're so like, the thing is a lot of them are experts too. So and right. they, they display that. So they find like ridiculous ways to survive. They dump <laughs> like hot, they like have water boiling just to dump it on people in case like for close quarters combat and whatnot. 
I love that. Shit. Um, I loved, I loved, I loved stuff like that. They just were prepping like little booby traps and whatnot. They could like, they were all carpenters in a way, like refixing the house to like right. keep it good. <laughs> You're like, what? This is like, this is like, like Call of Duty Zombies, like the movie, but with vampires. They're <laughs> just like werewolves. fixing all the fixing all the bits, right? But with werewolves, excuse me. It's all good. Excuse me, because what other movie has vampires in it? And so I'm all fucked up. It's, it's all like <laughs> they kind of are similar together. In yeah, a way. they're almost like interchangeable sort of things. Both like gothic horror yeah. creatures. But I love the going back to that camaraderie where they're talking about what they're afraid of, and the main guy, oh, one of the guys, Bruce, says he's afraid of the human condition, and Sean Pertwee is talking about how he's afraid of never to see his wife again. The commander of oh yeah. Yeah, but Shit. then he also goes into, like, when England and America were over in the Middle East in the early 90s. Mm. And he was talking about his SWAT platoon mate, Eddie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who gets, like, a devil tattoo on his butt. Oh, yeah, and then he gets blown up. Yeah, and the only piece that survived, <laughs> really, of Eddie was the, that, that little... The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the little the, the tattoo of the devil. <laughs> yeah, but it was sort of like the tattoo was managed to save Eddie, but just that little piece of him. Yep. Dang. Would you guys think of the the like special effects or the I like the special or effects the, in the movie. Uh, practical effects they used. I like them. They didn't really do like CGI all that much. It was no, it was, it was all practical. All prosthetics. I love when they that. like open up the van and they find their buddy just like leaking out of the back <laughs> of it, and he just basically becomes like jello oh right yeah that was fucking weird yeah it was fucking crazy but they definitely like they were playing around with the colors and the texture so you're I, like watching it and you're like oh <laughs> so i feel like at the end of this episode what we're gonna have to remember to do is we're gonna have to talk about since these are both survival movies right we're gonna have to talk about who our mvps are of both movies oh dang. so who so who so in dog soldiers who is the mvp who is the like the most like awesome character that gives their like gives their all in this movie. Who's the one that boxes? Uh, right, spoon. right. Fucking spoon. Like this dude straight up boxed yeah, the werewolf. He boxes the werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> like who does that? And yeah. knocks a tooth out. Yeah, he knocks a tooth. Yeah, he punches it, knocks a tooth out, and then he stabs it with like a kitchen knife until this is, it breaks. Yeah, this isn't even like a, a oh I'm gonna sort of box this. It's like he was like pro boxing. He gets like suit. down he gets in a the few stance. fucking shots in. You're like yo, this guy's crazy. He's like, like <laughs> ducking and slipping and yeah. shit, and then he counters the like the werewolf, and then. His like spits in its mouth and says, "I hope I, I, I hope shit I, right through you." He says, "I hope I give you the shits." <laughs> and then right before he dies, line. it's so fucking good. Right, it's like one of my fa- it's like was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I was like, "This fucking guy, fucking spoon." Right, like I actually see. I don't remember characters that often in movies sometimes. Yeah, and fair. this one I remembered spoon. I was like, "Spoon." I'll remember. I don't even remember the main character's name. I have no idea what his name uh, is. Cooper. 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 There you go. Cool. Yeah. Then, there you go. Well, you guys are better than me at that. He so. went super old school though, and kills like the final one with like a silver knife. Yeah, he finds. Yeah. Well, they set that up in the beginning. Yeah. The camper and the girl, like the girlfriend, they're camping, and then she gets murdered by the right. wolf and everything. And then um, that silver knife is still left there. Yeah. I think that was pretty cool that they called yeah. attention to that. And it's a yeah. nice callback to like the 
like the mythology the, of yeah the origins so, like, of silver to... will be the thing to kill werewolves and so stabs it and that's how he kills it besides like shooting it in the head but you know, you like know. they did in american werewolf in london yeah fuck that's a good reference yeah, yeah. that's why i'm wearing also the... i was gonna say you're wearing the shirt so yeah it was very <laughs> appropriate for the episode well i just like werewolves a whole lot so yeah. werewolves are pretty cool their their faces were interesting the way they did the makeup and the prosthetics yeah they weren't like all the way out in some cases they were just kind of like sort of out, and their their jaw and teeth were more modified. You know what interests me a lot about werewolves is all the different portrayals in film. Like they all look yes. so different. Like yeah. it's like it's like the like the 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 spectrum of human to creature. Yeah. is like really Huge like scale. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I I really like that because if you look at like Harry Potter werewolves, look really like really like closer like humanoid almost like in those movies and whatnot. But if you look at like um uh what's the uh, underworld if you look like underworld werewolves they look a lot different they do like a full transform yeah like, exactly. they're very muscular too. yeah muscular yeah. fur all over like very sharp teeth and then fucking you go to and you go to like twilight's werewolves and they're like straight up just they become wolves yeah actual like <laughs> they just are a wolf giant dire wolves <laughs> not like the they don't do the hybrid thing no. nah they're just regular wolves yep <laughs> Much. Although in there in Twilight they have like a shared consciousness among the pack, like they can yeah. they can read each other's minds. Yeah, that's so like, like they can't thing. like share they can't like hide personal thoughts from each other. So Interesting. They, they know that. like everything about each other. So that was like it's how, it's like part of their narrative, like how they find out about certain relationships. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. so you've been you've been hanging out with this person, then they all transform. It's kind <laughs> raise of raise eyebrows, right? So that was a weird thing that they added in, but I agree. Although I, I love the Underworld movies. I think, oh, Underworld I think movies those are, are badass. So, I They're love when they fun. got into like the old school hierarchy of like the vampires fighting or the vampires taking like control of the werewolves and like making them pets basically. Yeah. And then there's like a whole revolution where they come out and like break free from them. Oh, it was like a Revenge of the Lycans or whatever that movie was called. Uh, that yeah. was a prequel. Yeah. It was a prequel, yeah. which is really good. Yeah, it was actually cool. It was a yeah, cool movie. I remember legit. watching and it. And then there was like a vampire werewolf hybrid with that one dude. And that's how, like, they continued the story. Yeah, he got, like, bit by the werewolf first, and then Selena. Yeah, exactly. Bites him th- Just, like, be- save him, sort of. Uh, very cool. <laughs> I, dig it. I dig it so much. So, so awesome. Very uh, cool. For The Descent, the MVP for me was Sarah. So the, the blonde girl who lost her husband. Uh, because she, well, get, she goes from being, like, a very weak character to, like, being a fucking badass at the end of the film. So, so John, before we get into who our MVPs are of the descent, let's talk about the descent then. Okay. If we want to move on to the descent. So, what was the, how did you guys view the descent? It's the classic like haunted house with these girls going to a haunted house, but it's in a cave, and there's these monsters that are hiding in the dark. I love that it was just so minimal for like lighting. It really was. They they used the set that they had really well, or wherever they were at filming. It was a set. Yeah, they, they created all of that, right? Yeah, all the interior caves shots are in pine wood. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I I would like to say that the descent with all the a lot of the horror movies we've watched, I don't think I've ever felt as terrified as this <laughs> movie made me. Like the descent really like and it's not even monster stuff that scares no. you. It's like the first hour or so is character yes. development, great build up of who everybody is and how they are all how their dynamic works and then when they get into the cave and they're exploring, you don't even see monsters for like another hour or so the, after that. The first monster does not show up until halfway in the film. Like literally yeah. halfway in the film, you, you get a quick shot of it like drooling and like trying to like stalk them. 
and that's the first time you see it and then you don't see it again for like another 20 minutes definitely i i and that was that but, but the thing that got me before is like all of the cave hazards the caving hazards just yes. make you like bite your fingernails the whole time you're just like i jesus like she's gonna fucking <laughs> fall and die and it's gonna be terrible yep. and they all they like end up making like a large majority of the obstacles but it's just like how it's shot and how well like the pacing on it is just perfect they just oh, really set it up exactly really well. That was exactly what I was going to mention. I felt like for the descent, the pacing is so, like, it's done so well that, like, you get these crazy moments where they're trying to get past, like, certain areas of it. And then they give you, like, a moment to breathe sort of with them. Mm-hmm. And then you start getting more worried because you're like, something else is going to happen to these people. And then it starts to get progressing and it is extremely, cla- like, claustrophobic as it starts closing in. The The scene where they're crawling through the, like, the crawl space. Yeah. And then it like caves Start. in that was terrifying Fuck, I was fucks like, me up so i'm like so never scared. caving ever yeah. i'll never cave ever yeah. don't want to do it never no oh lose their God. rope bag as well yeah and they lose the rope bag in yep. the process and it's so just, much equipment that gets lost there I, and they have to like it makes them have to do more dangerous things to like yes. to like salvage their equipment oh, throughout. Yeah. there was so much that was set up with small little clues that were like done so well so like the so so with juno like who's supposed to be like the one who brought them there and everything you sort of start to figure out that she's lied about the cave that they're going into like way before any of it when they're like where the fuck are we going why are she we talks going to the here? cave guy and dude yeah. she, she doesn't take it with her nope. and i was like this fucking bitch yeah. like i was like this i was like she's gonna all her friends are gonna die gonna right die. now well she also says everything is gonna be okay and when anyone ever says that in a fucking horror <laughs> film it is <laughs> not wrong. okay it is like, never this. okay <laughs> This right. asshole, like, is just gonna leave. I was, I was watching. I was like, "You fucking asshole! You're just gonna leave the book in the." Fu-. I said that to my my, oh my, my TV screen. I love you. Need to get that book and bring. What are you yeah, doing? For real. <laughs> like, I love the note I left myself where I was like, "Quote: Everything is going to be fine." Underneath, I put, "It isn't." Lol. <laughs> like that's my only note for, for that part. Because I was like, "Wow, you really just told your friends everything's gonna right? be cool, but oh it God. is not fucking cool." <laughs> Well, Juno's supposed to be, like, that calm, collected. Right. And she's... She's, like, the leader. Yeah. and she, uh, Well, she starts off that way. And she looks like she's going to be, like, the action, like, survival girl. Right. I mean, she does She does survive, like, yeah. almost the entire film. Yep. Like, she, absolutely she gets does. She gets really close, but it's only for, like, selfish kind of purposes. Like, she starts really, like, only thinking about herself a good way into the film, even maybe before. Because, like, at the beginning, they sort of suggest that maybe she was, like, sleeping with Sarah's husband. Like, I don't know if you guys caught that. Yeah, I, I missed that little part. So, like, when they get off the raft in the beginning, he, like, helps her get her helmet off, and they, like, stare at each other for a moment. And then he, like, goes over to his wife to help her out as she's, like, stumbling out of the boat. And then they go off together, and then he gets killed in the accident. In the accident, And yeah. then in the cave, she tells one of her other friends, You're, uh, Sarah's not the only one who lost something in that crash. So, like, they sort of allude to the fact that she was probably, like, sleeping with her wow. husband. But, like, they don't explore it anymore. Well, that's no. a good way to keep it subtle. So, and then, yeah, so they keep it subtle for the most part of the film. But then it's enough to kind of make you question, like, their friendship. And then really question Juno, like, whether her intentions are really good with bringing them there. And she accidentally kills one of her friends, too. Yeah, that, too. Yeah. Although yeah. that one's, like, it was really an accident. Like, she was sort of, like, in a blood frenzy, like, just... Yep. 
killing anything that got close to her. And then her friend Beth runs up on her and is just like, oh, wait, b- b- puts the like ice or what is it? A uh, climber? An yeah, ice they're pick using ice picks. To like, it goes, just goes straight through her neck. And yep. then she uh, she leaves her there. Like she's still alive when she like leaves her there gasping while she's trying to like hold the blood in her throat. So that was pretty gnarly. And then the, and that leads into like the later narrative part. But um, there was also like certain shots were like done from a, like the monster's perspective. Oh yes, like a good amount of both them. of these movies did that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. both of them did that. The day for night shot and for the dog for the werewolves and dog soldiers. Right, and so like for me, I felt like this was a, a good way for you to sort of like you end up becoming that monster, and the audience sort of gets a role thrown into the movie. This kind of so, like the Evil Dead had the perspective of evil chasing yeah. Bruce Campbell. So you yeah. get you get brought in and you're sort of like you've now been brought in and you're like one of the cast members. It's like the dramatic irony you get from knowing certain things and that, that the characters don't know. So like watching it, you're like, oh, I think they're in the wrong cave. And then they find out and you're like, oh, shit. And yeah. you start getting into it. And then later on, you're like, oh, she already fucking killed her. Like she doesn't know. And she confronts her, too, where she's like, oh, you saw her die. And she was like, yeah, but she already knows because she's the one who saw her die and then killed her herself so she wants to know if she's gonna lie to her face the the feeling of paranoia that the descent gives you as well because of how claustrophobic everything is and you know these vampires can crawl along the ceiling and shit you're i was constantly scanning the the left the right the bottom the up like trying to see if i can see one somewhere before it jumps on one of the the poor characters that it's going to interact like it's going to jump on and right. I, I really and it really like that increased the suspense so much this movie is just absolutely terrifying every it, single jump scare scared the fuck out of me oh every, and, 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 but, and none of them felt cheap either they all no. felt like yep that was that makes sense yep. yeah like the fucking pole coming through the window when she's having her dream oh yeah fuck me like, it got me so good oh <laughs> she's like standing at the window and you're just like oh is something gonna like jump out like you kind of knew but then it's super unexpected and she wakes up like gasping and you're like oh fuck <laughs> this is like just came straight through the window to her face and that's how she wakes up from a nightmare oh my god <laughs> so yeah it definitely scared the shit out of me these were also the vampires were supposed to be like originally human before and they evolved into those creatures. Right, because they were in the cave for so long that they sort of just adapt it. Yeah. Although that was the only questionable part of the movie for me. That sort of like adaptation just doesn't happen that quickly. So like I wonder yeah. if it's just like several generations. Yeah, it could there. have been yeah, several generations. I mean, look at how much blood and bones and everything are yeah, under there like, as it's well. Yeah, it's a good while. And she's trying to pick that's like 100 years old. That's right. They do give a time marker. Yes, they definitely do. Okay. That's not too yeah. far Yeah, no, it's not yeah. too bad. I mean, you could I could see it happening. You know, we're dealing with we're dealing with we're dealing with crazy um underground creatures here and we're dealing with like a fantasy setting sort of, you know what I mean? It's all fiction, so it's it's okay. I I'm willing to take liberty with some things like that because those adaptations I know don't happen over like thousands of years. Actually, right? Yeah, like, they don't just happen like even in a hundred years. No. no, no, it's just too quick. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I I saw where they were trying to go, and they were less concerned with that and more concerned with like the rest of what was going. Yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Get the characters right. through the horribleness. But uh, watching it, I felt like I got a good sense for his writing. As far as like, cause I, cause I write my own stuff and I know like kind of what would be like a transitional point. Like how Neil Marshall sets up and develops. Yeah. So how he like set up scenes. the characters and then how he sets up like the acts breaking up. So like you guys know, like the three acts of like every film or Tell play us, or John. things like that. <laughs> so, so not every single movie, but like a good amount of film, there is like three main pieces of the film. 
there's like and it follows along closely with like the hero's journey like it has yeah. like the, it has like the beginning like the inciting moment the sort of like build up to what's going on the moment where like you know everything that the character knows and that the action kind of gets going the plot gets going and then sort of like the final piece like who's going to survive who's going to make it through what is the resolution like how does it get started he made really good markers for these so like the first act ends when that cave collapses because you now know that they are in a different cave that there might be something in there with them and they are now like against each other and so now their goal is to survive the cave not to explore it so like that's like the first marker the second marker where like the act two ends is when juno and i think sarah both no juno and one of the other girls kills a monster after like surviving some other things so that's sort of like their first team kill kind of and you get to see them like oh they're fighting back like this is when they're gonna try to survive yeah. and so then it moves into like the third act which is who's gonna survive like the entire thing and it pits juno against sarah so this is where you get to see the separation oh yeah it definitely separates the two down to like their separate goals Well, it separates them by like their morals like yeah. sarah ends up being the one who is like much more pure in her intention because mm -hmm. she's just trying to survive and save all of her friends whereas juno like left someone to die in for glory in it for yeah exactly she wanted to put her name on the cave like when they all explored it like they even have a line where she's like oh we're like i thought i might put your name sarah and she's like you mean yours and i was like oh shit yeah and so like you already get to see that and then she confirms that she's like not a good person when she's like well what happened with beth um, and then she lies to her face this is uh this is also indicative of uh dog soldiers as well he does this divide as well with the uh with uh davos seaworth's character who i'll never remember the actor's name probably i'm sure eddie's got me right? on that in a moment <laughs> anyway so um but they do the same. They do the same sort of, uh, sort of, sort of divide. Liam like, Cunningham. Oh, there you go. So when Cunningham is playing um, the uh, the sergeant that's trying to capture Captain the band, Ryan. yeah, trying to capture them, uh, Captain Ryan. Thank you. When Captain Ryan is trying to do like to try to get the werewolves, it, it's very much like the same thing, you know, where you have this divide on what one party wants to do with the other one. Although I don't think it's as heavily explored, right, as the descent is. But it is still there. Like the theme is still there. Was there any particular scenes in the descent that you were like, "Damn, that shot really well," or it was like memorable? Uh, the scene where their where their friend is like suspended, is suspended underneath, like uh, is suspended over the chasm that they're trying to flips. cross, and like flips under her, yeah. and she's like like hanging upside down. It's like it's just trippy. That it's just is really like trippy. a page out of Aliens where all they did was flip the camera, mm -hmm. and they probably had her like on a suspension the other way, so like the monster was on the floor. <laughs> which looks like the ceiling like that has to have been exactly what they did for that oh scene. yeah no because it looks be so good for that i was like oh this is like they had a lot of off kilter shots where when things were going wrong it would start tilting and then uh, when it was like going full blown off the rails it would do like a circular motion like a full rotation of the camera and then you get disoriented like inside this really claustrophobic space so like that was such a good like use of the camera and a really small space i would imagine that they like cut out walls to like get the camera in there and like lighting must have been a bitch like oh, trying yeah, to totally. like light everything in such a dark well, the space. minimal lighting that they had to right. use like they use lanterns they use glow sticks well there was never a moment where i felt like they were using fake lighting like i felt like every bit of light i was like yeah there's a source for that like um what about you eddie did you have a memorable scene from either one or the descent mm, it's kind of hard to say honestly because I, I just was really invested into the the movie to really like pick out like a, 
a shot in the movie. Right. Like one is, I think through Sarah's perspective where she's seeing her daughter again. Oh yeah. Right. As part, as part of that's like closer to the end. Yeah. But there's like, I think three. Oh wait. Moments. Yeah. Like the beginning, I think somewhere in the middle and the end. So it's safe to assume the husband and the kid died. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was. I think I was misunderstanding she, she that. She lost the first both time. her husband and daughter in yeah. that car crash. Okay. I had a few things, a few shots that I was like really impressed with. All right. As far as like the filmmaking goes, I was like, holy shit, this is really good. Uh, so one of the first ones was the close-up shot of Sarah. So she falls into this like lake of blood basically oh my god yes it's like a like a small little she has her apocalypse now shot yeah holy shit so like she like slowly comes out of the water because she's trying to stay as quiet as possible (laughs) and like trying to like stay away from these and then she kills the monster and it does like a super close-up shot of her eyes and she looks so fucking crazed in that moment i was like this is so good because they like do it's like the kill bill shot where it's like right against her eyes and you get to see the color of her eyes and everything to like get a feel for what she was feeling like in that moment. And it's so good. She does it again when she puts the pick into Juno's leg and like it turns back to her and she's just like, I'm going to leave you here to fucking die. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. it just shows her face. Her eyes are very prominent. I think that was also kind of like Carrie where she's all covered in blood. Yes. And oh yeah. Basic is very dramatically like staring. What, what struck me the most, especially from like a narrative perspective was that, her as well as Juno, they end up getting covered in like mud and blood and everything like that. So in a way, they sort of get like this war paint that they end up getting from like killing all these monsters. Cool. And then her character, Sarah, is like she's literally like baptized and like reborn in blood. That's pretty And cool. like that's her transition as yeah, a character. Oh, because oh yeah, because she shows up and she's super timid and yeah. kinda like kinda like freaking out about stuff. And yeah. then as soon as she gets dunked in blood, I like that. I really like that you're that you're interpreting it as like a baptism. Yeah, that makes it's it a total crazy. It, t- it makes crazy. It's really symbolic, and that's really that's really deep. I like that a lot. It was also after she had like just killed one of them, so like they gained more confidence in yeah. like what was going on in the situation. And she was like, "I'm gonna fucking survive," and that sort of like progresses forward. And then the next time you see her, or really for the rest of the film, she is not timid. She's like fully confronting Juno when she sees her and like when she lies to her she's like yep I'm definitely gonna kill this person and then they have like a final fight before they even get out of the cave or before they have the fake ending and she doesn't actually get out of the cave but but like they basically have that fight and they survive and then she immediately turns to her and is like like now I'm gonna fucking kill you (laughs) because like now that we survived this situation and even has like the little pendant hanging in her hand to like show her proof yeah and it's just like yeah you have that moment it's like a standoff where she's like oh fuck yeah. yeah, Juno's necklace that she wore. Yep, Beth, like, rips it off as she falls. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why she didn't retrieve it, but it's a good narrative device to, like, see it later and be like, oh, this is this is proof. This is enough proof. And she recognizes it immediately. And it was like, because that was, like, the gift she gave to her as, like, her best friend, who was also, like, sleeping with her husband. So it's like, <laughs> they connect all the dots together, oh, and she's like, oh, fuck this person. But it's also like, what would these individual characters do in this situation when they're in a cave-in? And right. they don't know where they are or where they're going and what they're up against and how would each individual person handle that situation. Yeah, that's true. What I did also appreciate is that as soon as they started having more kills and more of the monsters showing up, uh, they went like full blood fest. Like she is like gouging one of the monsters eyes out, <laughs> <laughs> like just ugh, like yeah. squ- squelching her that. finger yeah, and her thumbs so into its skull. And then like 
uh, Juno like straight up just crotch hits one of them like numerous times and then smashes its head yeah. against the wall. And most of those creatures are li- like Neil Martian used both like dancers for dog soldiers and oh, so like acrobatic, and, acrobatic kind of people. Yeah, and the descent very well, flexible. Well, yeah, people who would do those movements. What's so. the word? Contortionist? No, I don't no, think but they the were dancers. Wrong. They were yeah. just oh, full, okay. yeah. Just say they were dancers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so very. Are we purposeful. werewolf or are we dancer? <laughs> are we vampire or are we dance? <laughs> I'm so done. Anyway, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Dancer. We're done with the podcast now. It's actually, right you know what? Now that you mentioned that, that was that was another point that I saw. So I read into it really heavily. So yeah, excuse the like. Oh, go for s- it. Specific analysis of the film, but like the way it was set up, the way it was written, and sort of how it gets displayed to you, I got the sense that uh, it was originally intended to be like a. A story about all the women and how they interact with each other but then something like interferes with that and in this case it's the monsters who as far as i could tell were all men i don't think there was any there was one female was there one yes there was she comes out of the blood oh that's right there was one so okay so that kind of throws away the whole analysis but (laughs) 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 Uh, showed you we threw boobs uh, on one, <laughs> and now it's a girl vampire. Are you? I didn't, I didn't see that one. There, I didn't see there. that one. It's there. One had hair. It right. has hair. Oh, yeah. excuse me. It has hair, and it's feminine in form, in like figure. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well then, also, I missed the boobs. Yep, that's really, really what it was. Long hair and boobs. <laughs> that's pretty much what got me. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that looks. That's one. Oh, there you go. There was also a child one, wasn't there? The one that attacked Ooh. Sarah. I don't remember. I don't when think there Sarah's was a kid one. when Sarah's with Beth. It's like a really mini one. I'm pretty sure it was like a kid. Mm. She like throws it off and just stomps it out. <laughs> like it's not even like a big deal for her. She's like, fuck this thing. Oh my like, God. Throws it off her back and everything. That's funny. I might've missed that scene. That might've been a scene right. that I forgot that I forget. Yeah. About. And then the, the very last scene that I really, really liked. And I was like, dang, this is such a, like a fantastic shot. It'd be a good shot for like a still that you want to like show to people. Mm-hmm. Um, when she, when there's like the fake ending, where it looks like she's she, crawling up the bones. She's crawling up the bones to the it's like a birth, single ray light. Yep. of light. It's fucking the light at the end of the tunnel, like very much a birth reference. Her hand breaks through, and it's yeah. like a good reference to horror films. And, like and like all the bones are like really like well lit, like they're yeah. all white. Like so, it's like a path of like yeah. white light, and it just goes out of like all of this darkness. And you're just and, like, yeah, she got out. Yeah. Like she made it. And then they're like, J.K., she didn't make it out. She's still on the floor. <laughs> and they they fuck with you too because they yeah. like have her drive away from the place. It's like, you could have just like, shut off the film and then yeah, never no, know. And no, 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 no. And then she wakes up. Yep. <laughs> wakes up, still in the cave, and then realizes that, like, she's not going to get out. Well, nope. each. They, their psyche, the, the descent is like the metaphor of, like, these women's psyche are going, descending into hell, pretty much. Yeah. And Neil Marshall referenced both the descent and the shining as, like, inspirations for his. The Descent movie, like guys going out into the wilderness and find trouble where they're not looking, and they're also the psyche of like Jack Torrance, where he's losing his mental state pretty much, is where the mental state of these women are going, and where Sarah's mental state, where she really wants to get out of the cave, but she can't, right. she still thinks she's out that out of it. And well, that makes sense. The, the the larger like overall symbolism that I took from it was that the monsters, the cave itself, maybe even the whole scenario that they were put into 
can easily be like a large metaphor for the patriarchy that they're having to live in and like how it's sort of separating them, putting them against each other and then like sort of inescapable at some point. So like that was kind of what I was getting at earlier with the other piece, but it's like on a larger like symbolic sort of thing. That was what was written into it and could be read a certain way. Yeah, you could. I think you could read it. You could. That's one interpretation. I totally think you could see with this movie. I also think that it's just very nihilistic. Yes. And how it's just like, oh, it it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like you sometimes run into awful things and it's just like, you know, you could also say that this is just. The reason why they're there in the first place is because their friend so arrogantly believes that yes. she is top dog when it comes to caving oh, and man. that she's going to get her name written. And so it's kind of like the downfall of humanity often seeking glory Yep. and then how it puts other people at odds. And then you have the personal character story, which is Sarah's, which is her rebirth story, right. which makes really, really resonates with me yeah. in all honesty, because it's just everything that leads up to that. It's like, you know, why would they include that her husband and child just died before she does right. this caving? Why would they include all of this? Why why was that relevant? Because she has to deal with it yeah. still. She's like the broken character when she yeah. first goes mm-hmm. in. And then and she then, fixes yeah. herself, but it doesn't matter. Nope. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. <laughs> no matter what you do, you will not fix the state of things. <laughs> I would have been I would have been less satisfied with the film if they had survived. Yeah, I probably I yeah. probably wouldn't I think uh, it was a good twist. Yeah. It was a good I like all the birthday cake, everything where she's like ha- like imagining having like a birthday with her daughter and everything, and that's yeah. kind of she keeps it, seeing her. It reminds me of a movie that's not horror, but it reminds me of the ending of The Giver. Yes. In a way, because it kind oh, of like dang. because it, everybody read The Giver. In yeah. High did you ever? Did you ever? <laughs> do you have do you have that book or movie? I have never had the chance to read The Giver or in watch my, it. No. Like if I didn't read it in school, I guess I just I guess I didn't have interest in watching the movie either. Give the movie a shot. Okay. Or give the book a shot. They're both uh, very short, and they will not take much time from you. Okay. But it's a good. It's a very good one. But the ending of that movie is. Um, the guy, the guy escapes from his little dystopia with the with a child he saves from killing, and then basically wanders like the wastelands in winter. And the ending of the movie is he believes that he sees like a nice warm cabin while he's like dying, basically. <laughs> and so like the movie ends with him just like seeing it, and then it just you know everything it just the book ends, and it happens like that in the movie too, where you don't know if he gets to the house or not. And in my opinion. He's just hallucinating while dying and imagines and imagines a house there and then dies in the snow with the kid. What if it's all just like symbols for like domesticity or comfort? Yeah, no, definitely. But he's imagining that. Yeah. And not that he actually makes it there. You mean in The Giver? Yeah, in The Giver. Yeah. I don't think he actually makes it to the house at all. I don't think he finds a house. like Like the original story in the book is that in order to sort of like save all of humanity, they've gotten rid of a lot of emotional depth. Uh, a lot of like difference in color, a lot memory of memory too. Yeah, they've taken away your memory, but the main person, the the main giver, is the one who keeps record of all of the memories. The giver is Bram, and so yeah, oh, fuck. <laughs> he's a lot Shit. like Bram. Yeah, that's a really he's good kinda, analogy. He's kind of like well, he that. gets given all of the memories, then he can't deal with it. He's like, this is so much, he can't differentiate between good and bad, and like it just starts like tearing because, him well, apart. Well, because he begins once he gets that perspective. In the giver, once he gets the perspective, once he understands what war is, once yeah. he understands what love is, when he understands what the color red is, because they live in like a black and white world because all the emotion has been removed from their language. They don't talk about – they have celebrations for removing the old people from their society, which, which is, is so where they, they actually have them euthanized at the end. Yeah. But they don't say that. They just say like, oh, the, he's going to the new place now. But really, it's we're offing grandpa. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> kind of like Logan's Run in a way. I've never seen that one, but – um. What happens it, in Logan's Run? Basically, in Logan's Run, once you reach the age of 30, you're dead. 
Much. Oh, gotcha. That, that yeah, makes a lot of sense. But if people think you're rebirthed again, oh jeez. But it's not. It's a lie. It may yeah. be... to keep, but to keep the public calm. Yeah, there was. Right. A, there was a <laughs> Soylent is people. <laughs> I love that there's a product out there called Soylent. Yeah, for, there's like, a real Soylent product. Bars now. And That's I really so scary. Try that. So scary. It's people. It's for sure. <laughs> it's they, fucking people. They already knew the joke, so they're like, Soylent "This is, is the perfect cover." No, that makes me think Soylent. of two different things. So, have mm. you guys seen Snowpiercer? Yeah, I love that book. When they find out that the 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 protein bars are bugs, yeah, like that one, and then in Cloud Atlas, when she finds out that all of the um, clones or like synthetic women that they have in there are being recycled for food. Mm, Oh my god! Yeah, like she goes into the factory and they're like dropping bodies into like processors. Part of that movie, yeah, just like breaks down. I'm like, oh "Oh, dang! I'm like, they're actually like reprocessing the like bio material for like for food. Yeah, it was fucked up. But yes, that's actually a very good read of that yeah, movie. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's kind of like that's kind of what kind of what I got from it. I mean, right. I guess you could, I mean, you could go like with the patriarchy route, but I don't feel there's enough male influence. I know that they all look male, but I don't think there's enough male like oh, influence. This was more along the so like, do you know? Have you ever heard the term uh, the male gaze? Yes, I'm. I, yeah, yeah. So this before. is more along those lines, and far, as far as like how film is done, and it's almost in, like unavoidable because it's a male director and male writer. So, like, as much as he wanted to write strong female characters, uh, in some points he may not be able to avoid that male gaze with the way that he directs and the way he wants you to see these women. Yeah. But he did a good job of not sexualizing the characters at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, none of them. I, there's, I don't think there's a there's point no in that movie where There's no derogatory terms. There's no, like, weird bimbo moments. There's nothing, like, they're all no, very they're, well yep, They're all well adjusted. They're all people that are going yeah. cave diving. Yeah. That's, and they're all, it seems like that. So he does a good job there. So I understand what you say when yeah. you say, when you say the male gaze, for some people who don't know what that actually is, it's like, you know, when every single woman in your movie or show or whatever is basically portrayed in a sexual way or is portrayed in like a stereotypical well, way or something along those lines. It also has to do with um, the way that the camera work is done. So uh, like, yep. when, so when you're looking at a character in a movie, you may, so the best examples, if you go look at old fifties movies. So whenever Alfred you saw Hitchcock movies, actually. Alfred Hitchcock was the worst because he <laughs> like, well, he, he was like weird with, uh, he also liked blonde yeah. women. He specifically said that, like he like would look for blonde women to star in his movies and like, the birds, really? vertigo. Yeah, but he tortured the hell out of them. Like he would be so mean to them on set. But anyway, they like <laughs> if you go to like film noir movies and you saw like the 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 damsel in distress, the vixen, whatever you want to call them, the the femme fatale, which became really popular in the fifties. I'll tell you about that in a second. But they basically you would get a shot of the woman coming into like the office, the very classic, like I'm gonna go to the detective for help, and the shot would always be from feet to head, and you would get every single part of her body. That's what I was gonna I was gonna say something like that. I was gonna be like the male gaze shot is definitely the the, the shot that starts at her ass and then goes up to her face. Yeah, you like, get every bit is, of their body. That yeah. is pretty much That's you're basically watching like the like the intro to a porno. Yeah. Essentially, is what is what it almost That's is. Like. Almost exactly what most of film noir was because of how how they were casting the role. Yeah. Oh, and I've seen tons of tons of shots like that before right. too. So I totally know what you mean when you say that. And this movie does a good job of not doing that. No, at all. they yeah. they did really good. They're shots very of, humanized yeah. characters, yeah. and that's and they're not made. They're not seen as props in the movie at all. They are characters in the movie. Uh, do you guys know why femme fatales became popular in film? Why? This uh, this is crazy. So okay, so like in World War Two. When we were basically having like total war and like all of the men had been drafted and sent overseas, uh, there was jobs here that needed to be taken up by women, which is how like 
uh, what is it, Rosie the Riveter, the one with the like yep, the yep, arm yep, like yep. posing. That's how that became popular. So basically, all these women were taking on men's jobs and they were being really popular. Essentially, when the war was over and all the men came back, they didn't want to give these jobs up. And so what happened was in film, they created this character that was a critique of these women who did not want to give up this power and so they made them villains they made them the femme fatale oh, characters shit. that didn't need any help that were usually sp- like played along with the the, detec- the detective or like the policeman or something but or were, helping out the bad see, guy the, thing, the main piece of it was that they were always punished so because they were individual because they were able to take care of themselves and because they didn't need anyone else's help really they were just like kind of playing them most of the time they ended up becoming these villains in the film and they did that on purpose so that anyone who watched it saw these individual women as like villains. And that was like a person kind of woman you didn't want to be during that time period. Wow, interesting. So that was how film played into how they were trying to like essentially like enforce gender stereotypes during that time period, especially the fifties and the sixties when they were trying to build like that perfect nuclear family. Yeah. Yeah. That was some crazy well, I mean, shit. It seems like a, it seems like a, like a cultural pressuring yeah, sort totally. of idea. So you've got like the majority culture in influencing art. Yeah. In that, in exactly. that sense and whatnot. And so like pushing that type of uh, vision and that's all you see because that's the majority culture pushing that vision. Oh yeah. I mean, they had like all sorts of rules for movies like pre 19, like 32, they had like no rules for movies. I mean, I was all right. So I was doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this to something really weird, not topic, but it has all to right. do with with male and female relationship. But I'm gonna yeah. bring it back to the Viking Age, okay? Because I love that stuff. And I was watching a podcast not too long ago talking about. Um, we have a lot of misunderstanding about what the Nordic culture was like for yep. those people and whatnot, and a lot of what people think like women's roles. A lot of people there's like been this this surge in like like feminist literature and articles and whatnot and things like that that say like women were just as just as powerful as the guys were in the culture and whatnot and it's yeah. not exactly like that from what I've, I've i've listened to enough actual women who've studied it talking about what they're and it was a viking culture was super patriarchal yeah it was very patriarchal I would How, guess, yeah. however however because of the harsh climate that they lived in there were different jobs that were delegated so vikings the to go a Viking anyway. And like the people that did that, like you so you're like Nordic people yeah. and whatnot. When they did you that, actually like the left. men were not making sales. The women were the ones that knitted sales. Okay. So and so it was so important. That's incredibly important. It would take them months to make one sale for one ship. Oh, shit. So you've got like the men going there, like, you know, getting the wood and putting it all together and they're like, Okay, we need all the ladies to get together and knit. So it would be ridiculous to because they live in a harsh ash climate. Everyone has jobs to do to upkeep the farms because they're mostly farmer people. Right. That's what they were for the most part. So they just sort of um, but it was like their roles were what was important. And so they were like they probably had tons of respect for the women that worked with them. And whatnot because how important their jobs were. Oh, gotcha. Because they were the ones that were taking care of the kids when all the dudes are gone. They're the ones that maintain the house. They're the ones that are getting our sales ready for us. They're the ones right. that are like, you know, like making our food and stuff. Like these are like they're important. Super fucking important. Like, what would these guys do without them? Essentially is the whole deal. Like they need them. So it's really interesting, like it's re- I don't know, it's very interesting how 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 gender roles are viewed like culturally over the course of history and then how we sometimes even misinterpret them like nowadays too. And that's, that's something I've just found very, I just felt very interesting. wanted to throw that in there because it was like interesting historical context. 
That makes sense because as far as like most things are concerned, whenever Vikings are mentioned is that sort of like they were exactly like partners. They like could own land and all this other stuff mm-hmm. and like were really positive about yeah. it. But then you have the historians who come in and they're like, actually. Really? It's a little bit not. It, your cracked it article is a little wrong. <laughs> it's a little right, wrong. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like I stopped. I stopped really buying cracked stuff a little bit i kind of i don't i don't i don't know how accurate they are anymore oh, and so i kind of don't you want to if you want to look into some cultures where like stuff was really really equal and like they had a lot of they had no problem with like sexual identity and things like that mm-hmm. you should look into a lot of like central and south american cultures or or, or even like the native american mm-hmm. they I had like uh they had like the the, the two sex kind of thing groups that are free from like christianity and stuff like that and like and like abrahamic (laughs) religions i think is where you're gonna find the least amount of like of like like, care about stuff like that because they're like we have way more important things to concern ourselves about other than who you fuck like who you fuck doesn't matter to me i care about how much grain you're bringing to me tomorrow because i need to feed my cattle and keep my shit running bro (laughs) yeah that's the real shit like like really because there's survival tactic there their civilization's in the past were so fucking like basic on what they had to do. And it was yep. so much harder to get everything to work that shit like gendered, like gender roles. And no, we don't care about that. We like get, or, get the shit done. <laughs> or they thought it was really special or the, yeah, like exactly. in like, like an Aztec and Mayan culture. If someone believes that they were intersex or if they were like switching genders or they felt like they were in between somewhere, they were usually put in as like, um, like shamans. They were usually like the consultants for the main leaders. They would get they would get brought in on like part of the royalty and consultants because they felt that they had a better perspective and an unbiased perspective because they didn't feel they were strictly a man, strictly a woman. They were able to like kind of go to both sides. And so that was really valuable for most leaders where they're like, Oh, you have a really good perspective, we're gonna put you into like a leadership position. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. so they yeah. would do that. They would that was a lot of like your wise men and healer type people yeah. like that were that. Um the druids for the Celts uh, were like that as yes. well. The druids were not um the D D druids that we think of and know <laughs> right. that, you know, cast like lightning bolts out of their hands and throw <laughs> ice picks and turn into bears. I love that. You know, and all that stuff. Lightning they actually bolt. would like they were like the doctors and yes. like the teachers and like the specialists of the group, oh, basically. Pretty much. And that's yeah. pretty much and that's pretty much what they were. So people would look to them for advice. I don't know how much what their thoughts were on intersex and whatnot and like, you know, whether how where they stood like on I would like, guess that they didn't really have a problem. I mean, it's like how I, yeah, well, it's, it's it's like what did what were their understandings of those concepts in the right. first place? Because we we know that the Norse knew what the water cycle was. That's fair. They understood that water comes, it goes up, and it comes down again. They under they like that concept was not foreign to them. It's in their poetic Eda. It's in their nice. old stories. They like write about this stuff and wrote about it because they're like that's interesting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but. Maybe after this long ass tangent on history, right? I think that we should go back to our movies. Okay. But I have a question for you sure. guys. Who's the MVP of the descent? Mm. What do you think, Eddie? The MVP. The MVP. Who's the most valuable player <laughs> in that group of ladies that goes into that cave? Or or who are you rooting for? Who are like, you rooting I want for the you most? To make it out. Even if even if they're dead, who was the yeah. most awesome? The medical student one. I felt medical student one. Okay. She did. She did a very like noble death. Yep. yep. Like she yep. got them. She got them the connection they made. She kills the one thing and takes it down with her. Yep. That's though no, She does. Yep. She does. And then she's the one hanging there at the yeah. end. There. That's right. And Juno is kind of like the action movie star character. Yep. Yeah. The way she's dressed, the way she looks and she could be, they even referenced Tomb Raider 
which <laughs> that's Raider. true they did yeah, yeah. no they totally oh they did uh, that's right thank you for remembering i'm not, uh, yeah. tomb I'm not fucking tomb raider i was like oh shit they just dropped yeah. that video game <laughs> so tomb raider exists in the descent universe yep <laughs> <laughs> but even current like tomb raider game have like using ice picks or axe that's true yeah no the current well. ones do as well yeah. so this is also the like chicks with picks movie so it's their own <laughs> that's what they called it chicks with picks <laughs> wait please explain that what is that from did you just make that up? No, it's in like the what they explained the movie to be the descent. Holy cow! I've never, I didn't, with picks. That's that's a that's a good one. That's pretty hilariously yeah. awesome. I love that. Also, yeah. I would argue that this is a uh, chick flick as we'd like to redefine it. Right to Remember redefine chick it? flick. Yeah, this is a good, it's a good chick flick. Yeah, it's a movie with uh, where the cast is entirely one. Yeah, and they're badass. I'm just yeah. kind of curious what Descent Two was like because I feel like oh, Descent Two was it. like a cash in. Yeah. But I'm sure it's done by the same production, but not Neil Marshall. Himself. I don't know if I want to bother watching yeah. it. I mean, maybe we should do an episode where we analyze sequels of movies we really like, and then <laughs> they're cr- trashy yeah. sequels, trashy sequel episodes. <laughs> With the exception of Aliens, because Aliens is yeah. is arguably better than the first one. Yeah. Arguably. I like Alien 3. There are some things where <laughs> it's a lot of cooks in the kitchen with that movie <laughs> too many cooks too many cooks oh no no let's not do that <laughs> too many cooks. i don't want that meme here too many stop cooks. it no more memes stop <laughs> it it's a de- it's bad it's showing that we're declining as a society <laughs> <laughs> no excuse you that is high art it's high art, bro. <laughs> yo bro this high brow <laughs> it is art that can only be understood within our context anyone who pulls these up is gonna be like what the fuck is this <laughs> Who's Randy? <laughs> so, so, uh, what, who was your MVP, John? Oh man, I I gotta go with uh, with Sarah. Sarah. To me, she had the most like she had she basically had like her own hero's journey within the story. Like she basically was like her husband, her daughter gets killed. Uh, so she's like down. It's like a year later. All right. All right, so so Sarah, so Sarah is the. Um, I, I'm also gonna go with Sarah. I think Sarah after after the analysis. At first, I was gonna say Juno because Juno is the most action movie star. Right. So she's like, in my opinion, That's for survival. She well, she's out. a survivalist. Like, yeah, she's exactly. An opportunist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, but that makes sense why she doesn't make it out. But I'm also gonna go with Sarah because she has the most interesting arc and right. growth. Yeah. So I dig that. So my next question for you three, okay, though, mm-hmm. is I think we all agree Spoon was the MVP. <laughs> of, of of dog soldiers, right? Right. So, in a fight between Spoon and Sarah, <laughs> who wins? I think I think Spoon's gonna knock her the fuck out. But like, <laughs> you're that's, that to Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yo, look, <laughs> he's like he's professional. I, I felt like he was a professionally trained like, martial artist. Right? Like, like he's like he was in it. Like box. he's a boxer. Like. I don't know. I don't think like if it was a like a hands like no weapon fight. I think no. I think all right. So here's her. the idea. Here's the idea. We'll give we'll give Spoon the the weapons that he has. Right. The weapons that he has at his disposal, and then we'll give we'll give Sarah the ice pick. Uh, I would say if he, if, I think if he caught her in the right moment, she would, right? she would do some work. Right. We've she got like, like a we've got like a fifty fifty five percentile right. range over here. Probably leaning. I don't. know. What do you think, Eddie? Who's winning in that fight? Spoon or Sarah? <laughs> Sarah's gonna take a spoon out with his Achilles tendons with a pick for sure. Okay, All right. and All then right. you could see what that pig did going through. It went straight through her leg. Yeah, like, well, no problem. The neck as well. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah, Definitely. that's kind of more fleshy, but like, 
her knee, man, it just goes straight through some butter. Yeah, 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 right? That would like reject. Yeah, I, I'm not why sure. Why would we want Spoon and Sarah to go against each other? I know, I know. Right. I'm not saying that we want that. You know, yeah. like why? Like, see, here's like another question. I think I've already pitched this, but like, was like, was like Ellen Ripley versus mm-hmm. Sarah Connor. Oh my God, fucking Ripley would wreck me. Right, right. Like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> no, no, she's she's like crazy good at surviving. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it's just like I just like I think it's fun. Well, like to consider it, well, but like, I wouldn't want them to fight each other because they're both great. They're both great characters, but I just think that like it would just be fun to well, see. Well, like, Sarah Connor was like a weapon specialist. Like she was definitely. She like, became she, a weapon specialist yeah. like right after Kyle Reese was teaching yeah. her and training her the basics, and then she goes commando pretty much right judgment day and then she's in the newest one right yeah which is it's coming out soon i think november yeah i think okay so like i'm only gonna watch it because she's in it and arnold schwarzenegger's in it so i'm like yeah fuck i'll go watch this i also like that the terminators don't wear police uniforms or leather jackets in this one (laughs) (laughs) what i love that they were wearing those outfits they're like wearing more like workman's uniforms or like i think they were taking on more of like unassuming like you'd probably point out a terminator in a crowd if they're wearing like a That's pl- true. You're like that guy looks off. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny actually now that I think about it. Uh, also with a I'm, huge yeah. Austrian I, man as well. Yeah, exactly. I I would just like to put in my vote because I didn't even answer my own question. I was going to say I was going to say yeah, right yeah, yeah exactly well, like what like, about like, you, man? So I looking at I, I I feel like I feel like Spoon might have this one. <laughs> I feel like Spoon might have it. Not and I just because I don't think Sarah's a fighter. Oh, I, I feel like she. You know she, what? Yeah. I have to say one thing though: that Sarah does lose her weapon at one point and is barehanded, like fighting some of these creatures. So there is more. Oh, yeah, merit there's a to, little like, bit. All right, there's a little fighting. bit more. I suppose. But hers a is bit more of like a blood crazed moment. Where she kind of like, is like like adrenaline. Scrambling. She's like scrambling, whereas I feel like I feel like it under pressure. Spoon's got it. Right. What, under is pressure. The dude like the, fucking bare knuckle boxed a fucking werewolf. Like you don't see that that but, often. However, however, I do think the Descent's a better movie though. Uh, yes, I feel like it's a better Same. movie. Yeah. Over uh, quality wise, just overall. Better well, I think movie. they had more of a budget. I think they yeah. had more for the descent. that too. But um, at this, but at the yeah. same time, both worth watching. Yes, both definitely worth. Well, worth they were your both time. pretty pretty well critiqued. Like people liked both movies, regardless of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're definitely in the same sort of like genre. I mean, they're the same writer director. So like, he was definitely like, you know what I want to do? I want to make this, but like opposite, and like just made a different version. I don't know which one came first though. Was it the Dog Soldiers or the Descent? Dog Soldiers. Dog Soldier came first. Okay, so I think he made Dog Soldiers and was like, I need to update this, and then went and made the Descent. <laughs> And like it was really good. Like so, it was like all right, yeah, yeah. That's what people were looking for. Also, two thousand and five, I think, is when the descent came out. So like a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, like it's definitely got some of the like the older technology in it too. Like she's using a really old video camera. Oh yeah. And no, that you're like, well, that is like nineties. Well, like, you're like, like late nineties. It was a digital camera, like right. a small like handheld digital camera. It's like that weird gray color. I think, I think Dog Soldier came out in two thousand three. Two. 2002. Oh, so just yeah. a few fucking years Fucking Eddie before. over here. Yeah. yeah, I know. You know, like, every name and date. It's crazy. Yeah, the funniest thing is, Dog Soldiers had a theatrical release in the UK, and we only featured it over here on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. wow. So it was a Sci-Fi Channel release, and that was it? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Which I felt like was underselling that movie, but they, yeah. they showed it, like, a week at the Egyptian Theater in Los oh, Angeles. Shit. You know, it, it almost feels like a Sci-Fi movie. Yeah. Oh, it's like just there, but so it's close. like a little bit of beyond. Well, though. I, I find <laughs> it interesting when you watch like 
the production of an American movie to a British movie, the mm. quality and cinematography, well, the cinematography and pr- video production, it's very different. I've mm. noticed. Okay. I've noticed, like, the, like, I noticed, like, a British movie looks like it's a home movie almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, like I, I, I totally agree with you on that one. Like, the, yeah. just the way that the film looks and everything oh, like that. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. I wonder if that was maybe purposeful in some way because like you get that grainy kind of shot yep. and like Could it's kind of like remember when we thing. watched uh what was it cannibal holocaust yeah how it has like that really grainy old super intentionally it. done yeah like, that. like it's a it's a found footage kind of thing yeah exactly what they did with that so interesting but i'm also i'm still thinking about like fights between like fictional characters i'm trying to think <laughs> like who's gonna win i just started i opened up a, you can opened up a whole can of worm <laughs> uh like who's the girl from your next uh, the the main girl I don't who think survi- I've seen that movie. Oh my god, you haven't seen your next? No, I have not. Seen I'm with one. Mitch on that one. I haven't seen. You haven't that. seen it? No. I can't spoil anything, but you should go watch it because it is not what you expect it is. Okay. So like, it starts off and it's like, why is this family coming together for like a weird family dinner? Then someone gets fucking murdered, and then the whole family's getting hunted in this house, and it ter- does not turn out the way that you expect it. Also, first kill by blender that I saw in a movie. Well, first kill by blender. Death by blender. Wait, 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 wait. I want to. Gremlins. That's Gremlins fair. and Dyson. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So, I only know that because I just saw it right. like a couple weeks ago. I mean, it's not like a standalone one. Like, I think Brain Dead is one of the ones where it's like a death by lawnmower. lawnmower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You knew exactly what That's I was talking one. about. That's a good one. I don't. Yep. Oh, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So go watch your next. It's a good movie. I watched a, another a movie on Netflix recently, um, A Quiet Place. Fuck yeah! That it's I watched. Such a good That's movie. A fucking fantastic movie. It's like a new genre of horror. It was so yeah. good. Yeah. I was I was like, Jim wow. Halpert directed that movie I, I, and acted in it. Yeah, it's so wait, wait, uh, my, uh, my uh, Krasinski, the main guy. Yeah, yeah John Krasinski, I think yeah. is his name. John, I just really learned his name recently. Guys, I was calling him Jim Halpert. I was like, yeah, Jim Halpert, right? Is yeah, like, and is in like the apocalypse. Uh, I was very upset that that of what happened. I yeah. know. I was like, oh man. But his moment, his moment where he goes out is so good, and it's all done in sign language perfectly. And I'm just yep. like, because I I took sign language, so I was oh, like, oh okay, he's actually doing it. Right. That's so sad. Like, oh my god, that was so good. Uh, I oh, loved man. that her uh, hearing aid in combo with the mic is what got them. Yeah, the feedback. Yeah, the feedback oh would, God. like, their skulls would, like, have you open. Ever, have you ever held, like, um, someone's hearing aids before? Nope. They'll do feedback in your hand. Oh, really? You can hear them go, Wee! Oh, like that. Because the, the hearing aid will pick up the sound of it trying to, it'll pick itself oh, up. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So it's like her hearing aid was, like, picking up its own feedback, and then she was projecting it through the microphone. Holy shit. Yeah. So, and that's why her ear was like, ah, oh, fucking, ah. Oh. That's why she was doing that because right. she literally has that thing is blasting right. into her like deaf ear, if, like uh, a high pitch noise. If you liked that movie, you will also enjoy Bird Box. I need to see. I think that's the episode we should do: Quiet Place and Bird Box. That's fair because they're both about like having one sense depriving cut off, of a sense, depriving yeah. one sense from another. Their senses. <laughs> <laughs> that was my I, beer. Can. I think Bird Box was the one that was kind of more dumbed down, though. It was. Because it was uh, it was so like heavily marketed on Netflix that they were like, Plus we'll do get, an episode like, on yeah. big name actors like John Malkovich and Sandra Bullock. Oh yeah, so yeah, so you were kind of expecting some man. Sandra big Bullock stuff. just always has terrible luck in movies. You don't want to be traveling with her. What about Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking what was the other one? Gravity, where she like literally plummets to earth. Like, yep. <laughs> oh my god, that one was decent. That yeah. was a good movie. I liked, I liked Gravity yeah, that a, a lot. Movie. That was a good one. 
Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, any final thoughts on these movies? Are we are we ready for final thoughts? Uh, I've liked that the descent had a sort of like collective color scheme, which was like they used the red tint and hue a lot. So like for the blood, for like the, the flares flare. that they were using, the only other Glow colors was green. Yeah, you had the green. So like really main solid colors, and then they didn't really deviate from that. And you got to see that consistently. And then you sort of don't get like a full grasp of how like terrible things are until the lights turn on. And you get like a shot of their flashlight on the wall and there's just blood splattered all over the wall. So like a lot of attention to detail as far as like the blood spattering, having actual like practical effects. And like even the monsters is drooling like when they're walking around. Like they must have just put snot in their mouths and like just <laughs> be like just drool while you're walking around. Just just, just, just snort a loogie out. real quick and just bleh. And like that's what they're doing. Like so much prosthetics on their face. It was very um, – I like – uh, I liked the movie a lot. I liked the descent a lot because it was it felt very alien. Yeah. Like they're walking they even get the slime on walls where they're like, Ew, yeah. there's slime here? Gross. Yeah, right. Must be something wrong. You know, like they, <laughs> I hate those. <laughs> they totally always do that though in that movie. And that so was moisture like the, condensation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh man, so much like so many things that are just wet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just wet. Just weird wet. moist things. That would freak me out in a sci fi yeah. setting. I'm like, why is everything fucking wet? <laughs> Zoolander wetness. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i hate it so much uh but i i um i the descent is super awesome like we already said it's a it's a chicks with pics movie it's a chick flick for our new our new definition of that and uh you know and i as like as eddie said before i i have to agree with him again they're both just very like one's a very good dude flick where it's just a bunch of guys yeah. going ham on some werewolves, and it's super <laughs> masculine and how everything is done. And yeah, it's awesome, and when it when it shines, it's really awesome when it does. Um, and it doesn't fall too many times either. It doesn't fall that far. It keeps itself no. pretty pretty stable. Um, and then you've got the descent, which is your you know your, your the the quintess it's a the quintessential chick flick. <laughs> <laughs> now and it's very uh and it's very uh, it's very very fun also because you're seeing yeah. like you're seeing like the feminine side of like of like a situation i like haven't that. seen anything quite like it since no nothing like, i don't think anything is really touched on that sort of genre the closest i get is a different genre which is the show godless on mm. netflix which is about a cowboy town which is inhabited by all women and there's oh, okay. a there's a group of dudes trying to take it over for like the mining. Oh wow! And so they're like all fighting back, and they have like expert marksmen or markswomen, I guess would be the. But like they're all like super good at protecting their town, and it's a good show. Eddie, what were your final thoughts on both of these movies? What do you think? Final thoughts. I love both of them. I I can't. It's like picking a kid. Like you can't really. Do Everybody the, has a favorite. Well, you can't do the Sophie's <laughs> Choice <laughs> of this, in my opinion. Like which one gets to live and which one gets to die in the Holocaust? <laughs> like, it's a fucking age. Oh my god! I've is there? A, I've never seen that movie. Is there a movie called Sophie's Choice where yeah, that, you have that, to decide if a girl, if a little child dies in a Holocaust or oh, like? Uh, is that the point? You're gonna movie? have fun with Bird Box. You're gonna have fun with Bird Box. You're have fun with, there's literally like a choice like that. Oh, what the movie. fuck? It's so fucked up. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so messed up. Oh, fuck, fuck me up right now. Let's right. go. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. I, I love Doug Soldiers because it's complete schlock of a movie. It's a <laughs> definitely an action guy flick movie. It's, yeah, totally. But you've you're connected to these characters. You're not like these are not like macho soldiers, which are we are always like privy to in real life too as well. That's fair. And 
I love Sean Partwee in this movie, the son who was the third Doctor or fifth. I forget which one, but th- this was also. Let's see. Uh, brain fart. Oh, man. Uh, but I also like The Descent as well because Descent is more of a straight up horror movie in my opinion because the it's a well like I said it was a haunted house movie pretty much with these scary monsters but it could also be just like a scary cave movie as well like there didn't need to even be monsters in that movie no they could have nope. totally they could have ran it as just like the horror of cave diving and they could have like simultaneously killed people off to cave hazards in that movie and I still would be terrified I think yeah even like uh, dog soldiers could have been they keep re- referencing zulu mm-hmm. in that movie where these british troops were facing against this zulu tribe that were outnumbering them oh yeah uh, it was like it was like uh, i actually know about this battle it was like 200 it was 200 british soldiers surrounded by like they used like furniture to like barricade themselves into a circle and then it was like a thousand zulu troops i think and they yeah. fought all of them off that's nuts and they lost they lost two people also, Two guys died. Yeah. It's nuts. That's nuts. Like, how do you even do something like that? Like, how do you, like, I was like, what? Like, that's just like, that's some, like, that's some, like, space marine nonsense right now. Like, Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> w- random question. Would Starship Troopers be considered horror? No. Nah, it's too sci-fi. It, oh, it's more like the action sci-fi propaganda. Of- yeah, there you go. That's accurate. I was gonna say that, but yeah, he's already he's already beaten much me to it, though, and he's already yeah. he's already got because I was gonna say that it's basically like a giant propaganda movie. Yep, that's trying to get you to side with fascism. Yeah, and that's Holy the shit. that's the funny thing is it's trying to get you to side with fascism while you by using all the tactics, including like the characters also are like that. Yeah, and it's it, it but it's really tongue in cheek where it's mocking it, but it takes itself really seriously <laughs> and not. And I and I and it's brilliant. It's a brilliant right. movie, though. It's brilliant movie. because I saw a great analysis on that, and then learned all of this about it, and then look at the film. It's brilliant now. It's one yeah. of the greatest movies so like great. I've ever. It's one of my favorites now, just because of that. If uh, <laughs> if you guys want to watch a movie about like sort of caves and diving and claustrophobia, you should watch Sanctum by James Cameron. It is essentially The Descent, but in a cave diving scenario, so like water. So is it a, a documentary? No, it's a it's a film that's uh, strictly about them getting stuck in a cave system with like limited oxygen. Oh wow! Um, and they just have to like escape. So okay. same sort of paranoia of trying to escape. No monsters though. No monsters. Gotcha. No so monsters. it's just them versus cave. Yeah, them versus cave, and cool. see who's gonna survive. But it does become people versus people. Yeah. Because of the dire situation they get. Kind of like in. the road. Oh. Oh, that's, a, that's a movie. <laughs> oh, 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 the homeless man with the clothes. No. The homeless man with the clothes. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, my God. Dang. Okay. Yeah, it fucked me up. Anyway. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Okay. Well, what I do want to remind everybody is that we're super easy to find. We are on all of the main streaming services, so iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, as well as iHeartRadio and SoundCloud. Is like the main places you find us we do have our podcast our, our podcast we also have our instagram as well as the facebook page so go and interact there we're always willing to discuss things that we've talked about please or if comment. you want to correct us on certain things because we don't always get everything right <laughs> we are free. wrong a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i don't remember names all that well oh so no like, no not oh, at all this is the wrong same that's why we brought eddie on also <laughs> the, the the upcoming episodes i wanted to kind of update people on like what's coming along what we're going to be doing 
the the next episode after this one we're gonna do get out and us as a combo and how um he's basically oh, wait i think we have to discuss that we might be doing something different oh wait you're right yeah so we may do that one or we may do which one uh was it the music i think we might yeah we'll do the music episode we'll do okay. uh, a horror in music next week i think yes. will be what we do this is the end of the episode <laughs> and i hope you guys have a good night thanks yeah. for coming to talk to me about yeah. this these two really good horror films yes anytime man good night